0: of Journos, yet another instance of Journos holiday-themed content from Stephen Jackson and Brandon R. Reynolds. Hello. Hello, Stephen. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Brandon, Merry Christmas to you. How are you? Are you feeling good? Feeling strong? Surviving I'm the day?
1: Feeling, I'm feeling strong. There's a uh, there's a bit of lo- of wound licking. Have you heard of the Irish goodnight? No. What's
0: that?
1: The Irish Good Night is where um, uh, you drink um, so much cognac punch at your aunt's house
0: before
1: you go to your family's dinner and then drink about 10 glasses of wine, eat a weed gummy, and then uh, go pass out in your dad's office uh, where your uh, your mother then brings in a pop
0: to make sure uh, that you don't puke. Oh, boy. You did. did have yourself... A merry, uh, merry Christmas I, I, week. I had
1: a, myself a merry little Christmas. Uh, it was lovely, yeah.
0: though. Well, I'm glad that you had a good night um, because today, 25th, Christmas Day, is also the first day of the 12 Days of Journos. Steve. It is.
1: Oh, man, yeah. it sneaks up on me. It sneaks up on me every year.
0: I'm here for it. Yeah, good. What's the 12 Days of Journos? For the next 12 days, we're going to cover a story that maybe we didn't get to over the course of the year. We're going to do some follow-up stories that mutated since we talked about them the first time, or uh, just interesting things that caught our fancy that uh, that didn't really fit anywhere else. Something that you ca- became very fond of called cucumber time.
1: Uh, cucumber time, of course, meaning that when there's sort of a slow news day type of different uh, stories that uh, news outlets will drum up when there's not a whole lot going on, it's kind of colloquially referred to as cucumber time
0: that's right yeah this is the summer it's a bit of a cucumber time supposedly not a lot going on and then of course the holiday period other than stories about travel nightmares and you know uh uh, cognac punch recipes
1: we're going to fill that space and speaking of that cognac punch recipe i actually don't think that i want to share that with the public i don't think that that people need to know how
0: to make that it's too much power in the hands it's of too much power you know what else might be too powerful for the american public Stephen? lay it on me a sarcasm detector A computerized sarcasm detector, much like the one that was developed earlier this year in May by computer scientists at the University of Central Florida. They invented a device that will, at least in theory, analyze social media texts and figure out which ones are being smart ass, which ones are being sincere. Pretty wild. Funded by none what? other than DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. What? Makes you think that they're going to use this technology, maybe attach it to uh, uh, a drone and use it in the future. Anybody who's being too smarmy, they're gonna they're gonna nuke from orbit or something. Oh yeah, oh I'm
1: sure that'll really happen.
0: Uh oh. Somewhere, somewhere the alarms are going off, Stephen. The lights are blinking. Uh, yeah, DARPA. Isn't that? Are those like the Skunk Works guy? Yeah, it's the SR-71 and the smart ass detector. Those are the kind of the book in You know, you can imagine that as complex as human language is, which it is. Yeah. Of course, we're going to need to try and understand it. And one of the big hitching points for the average computer natural language processing artificial intelligence is they just can't figure out when somebody is saying something with a straight face online, yeah. But they're really yeah. meaning the opposite, right? So, uh, yeah, there's a lot different. of uh,
1: nuance, gray area that you kind of need to uh, be able to
0: understand.
1: There's so much that a machine can do, but like they can't like make
0: like inferences
1: really that well. Is that correct?
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to tell what people mean beyond just taking the words at face value. It looks not only at words like love or hate, but also at how they're arranged in the context of other words, Mm. you know. So it's sort of establishing the truth value of the statement, the intended truth value, whether this person believes what they're saying or whether they believe the opposite. A professor, adjunct professor of industrial engineering and management systems, a guy named Ivan Garibay, who works at the University of Central Florida, Here's what he told Engadget about what might be important, said, um, the tools that are being used now lack the sophistication to decipher more nuanced forms of language, such as sarcasm or humor, in which the meaning of a message is not always obvious and explicit. This imposes an extra burden on the social media team of companies or governments, which is already inundated with customer messages to identify these messages and respond appropriately. So yes. really this opens up the whole world of sentiment analysis, which is something that's very important to companies, politicians, et cetera, who are trying to analyze massive amounts of data, of social media data, and figure out, you know, what people think about this particular political campaign, what people think about Church's Chicken, what people think about, yeah. you know, the the customer service, at the gap all of those things are extremely important for figuring out the way the culture is shifting and if you have these machines that are too dumb to analyze that and figure out whether people really like it if someone's saying oh this burrito is so good and they don't mean it then you get a whole different take on things you you bring up an interesting point in the
1: delivery of the last line uh because i feel like so much of sarcasm uh also comes from inflection Right, so the way your the tonality of your voice and where you stress different words and in kind of the 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 sort of how your how you pit your pitch becomes different and up and down and the overall dynamism of your or dynamic quality of your language also indicates to us when someone's being serious and when they're not.
0: Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big part of it, and that's why it's hard to look at. Text-based versions of sarcasm and be able to pull them out. It's hard for people. For to sure. do sure. I mean, you you see that in these tweet threads where somebody gets all bent out of shape because someone has said something and the person has totally misinterpreted their intent. Totally. Think, or, or how about with together. your
1: parents? Have you ever got? Have you ever gotten the the the, the text from you know your septentrion mother or father that just says,
0: "Call me." I always think my dad is mad at me when he texts. It's always it's always oh, a crisis. Questions. It's always it's always like act two of the road, you know, where it's like just, it's, it's extremely <laughs> dire. There are cannibals, and we are down to our last can of peas. The sarcasm thing, too, is it has these real-world implications beyond just what do you think about church's chicken. There was a case in July in which the former uh, Alabama Judge Roy Moore, who was running for U.S. Senate and didn't get very far because he was accused of flirting with underage girls, um, oh, yeah, he had, that guy's he sued, Yeah, he sued Sasha Baron Cohen, who did a TV series in 2018 called Who is America, in which he oh, pretended yeah. to be this anti-terrorism expert. And he got Roy Moore on the show. And according to Washington Post, quote, while acting as the made-up character in the satirical series, Cohen brought out a wand-like prop that he claimed could detect, quote, sex offenders and particularly pedophiles. When the actor waved the wand over Moore, it began beeping, end quote. After that, the interview was over, and Moore sued Cohen for like $95 million for defamation and distress. And it was thrown out in July. The judge, U.S. District Judge John P. Cronin said, quote, It's simply inconceivable that the program's audience would have found a segment with Judge Moore activating a supposed pedophile-detecting wand to be grounded in any factual basis. Given the satirical nature of that segment and the context in which it was presented, no reasonable viewer would have interpreted Cohen's conduct during the interview as asserting factual statements concerning Judge Moore, end quote. None of this would be necessary if we had a really good working sarcasm detector system, is my take. Yeah. Like if you're able
1: to objectively say that this was done sarcastically, can you objectively assess something that is in many ways kind of subjective. Yeah, exactly.
0: You have DARPA working on it.
1: Why DARPA, though?
0: I'm not getting that. Well, I think on the one hand, they fund a lot of kind of weird moonshots. They just do it Mm -hmm. because that's part of their mandate. And the other is, who knows? I mean, maybe there's an advantage in using it to detect and to, to, to monitor public speech, you know, maybe there's, yeah, let's, out, yeah, there's a sect let's, of, of sarcastic terrorists that they want to keep an eye on.
1: People will come up with one thing, but then there's this sort of off label or, or, or unexpected use of the thing.
0: That is um, even crazier
1: or more and oddly more innovative than the original innovation was, right?
0: Yeah, I think what it really is saying is sarcasm, for all that we, you know, decry it, it's actually one of the more sophisticated forms of speech that requires a level of cognitive processing and social awareness. And Flat yeah. out intelligence. That, that technology, that computer science, is still just trying to crack the code of. If language is a technology, sarcasm and related types of humor represent the state of the art, the most advanced thing we have, right up there with poetry and chicken recipes. You know, there <laughs> is sarcasm. Follow that, and you'll know the direction of human evolution.
1: Oh yeah, sure. Let me get right on that.
0: There you go. There you go. All right, Stephen. Uh, I hope that you have a good night. I hope you rest up from your many crimes against yourself and your family. And uh, and we'll talk again tomorrow. <laughs> the twelve days of Judo. Merry Christmas, Brandon. Merry Christmas, Stephen. Goodbye.